if I didn't have my time in the, with the Lord in the morning, I'm telling you, I mean, you may think I'm a, a pretty okay dad, you know, most of the time, I would be a wreck. I would be a terrible dad and a terrible husband. I need Jesus. I'm Rush Witt, and you're listening to Straight to the Heart, a podcast from New Growth Press. Each episode includes interesting talks with Christian writers, theologians, and friends. We hear who they are, what they think about, how they approach their important work in ministry, and the moments and influences that change their lives. Today, I enjoy a super encouraging conversation with Champ Thornton, who is so easy to talk to, so down to earth, and just one big encouraging word after another. If you're not familiar with Champ, you should be, and you can be now. He lives in Delaware with his wife and three kids, and he works with Crossway, publishing children's books and other resources and developing other content. And today, Champ and I talked about raising kids and raising kids who are in sync with reality. We talked about the good gift of coffee and learning to write fiction, and Champ really helped me think clearly about family devotional time in my own family and helping rather than harping on my own kids about their own devotional life. I am better for having spent this time with Champ, and I am sure you will be too. This is Straight to the Heart. So, so tell me uh, tell me some about your family. What's going on in your family? Um, Dude, I'm telling you, this is like a crazy spring and a very good spring because we're recording this in uh, the beginning of May of 2023. But so I told my wife, it's like all 18 lanes of traffic right now are running mm-hmm. right into the Lincoln Tunnel. It's like all funneling in, oh, yeah. you know, and uh, it's bananas. So like my son, our oldest son, he's turned 18 last week and he's okay. graduating from high school, heading oh, off to exciting. college. And so all the things related to that is going on, you know, end of year things for him and his uh, two younger siblings, you know, final sports events, final school events, exams, mm-hmm. graduation, parties, you know, great stuff, just yeah, pretty busy. Uh, and then my wife and I, we have our 27th wedding anniversary coming up at the okay. end of this week. Congratulations. And so, you know, th- things are going on with that and just uh, spending time with her and going out of town as well. And so, I mean, it's it's a really wonderful, wonderful season. And in some ways it just goes by too fast. You oh, want to yeah. savor the moments and then you're just trying to survive as well. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know what you're talking about. We just a year ago went through that, uh, that tunnel of life with our oldest, who's 18, Hannah is 18 and uh, left for college. So she's just now finishing her freshman year. And that was, you know, a whole new, uh, uh, just a whole new world of kind of experiences for our family. You know, we, we have five kids. And so we, we all went to that, uh, that final drop off at college and they really did um, an amazing job. Uh, she goes to Boys College, and they did an amazing job with, uh, you know, bringing the students in and that whole day of their move in. It was very smooth, and then, but then they they did this sort of commissioning service in the chapel with all of the incoming freshmen and their families, and then there comes this time in the service. You know, we've been singing, and uh, and then there's this time in the service where. The, the leader says, okay, we're going to have a time of prayer now for these students, but we're not going to pray for them, parents. You are. you know. So gather together, put your arm around your student, and um, boy, I, I just had to say, I can't do it. 
That's exactly what I would have said. I, I can't do it. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, huge kudos to the other dads in the room that yeah. kept it together and actually yeah. verbalized some s- sense of a prayer. And yeah. I was just, we have to pray in our hearts because I cannot, <laughs> t- I'm not going to be able to talk. Uh, that's great. I think I would have pulled the, um, this is good training for my kids moment. It's like, okay, you youngest kids, you pray yeah, <laughs> and we'll say amen yeah. because I'm not going to make it through. Well, I wondered, um, you know, when you talk about, um, your kids and now the ages that they are, there's a lot of time there, um, since they're getting older. And of course, throughout that time you've been writing, and yeah. I wonder how um, how your kids have impacted your writing and how your writing influenced your relationship with your kids. Yeah, that's a great question. I think that actually goes back before we even had kids because mm. when I w- I'm almost 50. When I was 29, uh, I was obviously much younger. Uh-huh. And, you know, when you're in your 20s and in your 30s, you kind of feel like pretty invincible, like, you know, all of life is in front of you mm-hmm. and, you know, it's a long road. Well, I had uh, a blood clot at 29 and then a pulmonary embolism wow. and, you know, people die from those and you kind of think like, right. oh, you know, this is um, – gives you pause. You right. know, it's like um, life is short. And then I found out that it was caused in part because I have a genetic blood disorder that makes me clot more than the average person. Wow. And so oh. I think for the, probably the, about 10 years after that initial episode, um, maybe a day didn't go by where somehow death didn't like flit through my mind at mm. least once. And you know, it was just like active reflection on the fact that um, I've got to make this count. And so in some ways, the books I write, I write for my kids. Mm-hmm. And in some ways, I write the books for my kids and my grandkids that mm. I don't have yet. Mm-hmm. That, um, hey, I don't know how long I'll have. I don't know how long the Lord will give me. And, you know, I might live to I'm 90 something. You know, that great, cool. God yeah. knows, right? But um, there is this motivation in some ways that God put in my heart of um, being able to speak when I'm not able to speak any longer. Mm. And so that's, that's part of... Um, the the heart that God's given me for writing. Yeah, that's uh, that's a profound uh, that's a profound way to look at it. That I want to be able to speak into the next generation, and just all all that you're saying is really resonating with me. As I think about my life, just as we were saying earlier, you know, trying to mm. think about time and and you know, I I recently listened. Uh, I think it was a podcast, or maybe it was um, an Ask Pastor John with John Piper, and he was talking mm-hmm. about. Um, just thinking more carefully about your death day and that Hmm. usually we, we really want to put those thoughts off and the disservice that he was saying it is. And so he actually thinks through the year, if this year is the, is the last year of my life, what what would I do with it? As opposed to if this was the last day of my life, we can't really get our hands around that too well, but, but more time and looking, looking forward into the future, um, I don't know if I don't know how easy it is to do this, but I wonder if if you have a sense of what your what would you say is that central message that you hope is being spoken by your words into the future um, to your grandchildren, maybe even your great grandchildren's lives. What would be that message that you want to pass along to yeah to to kids so I- that audience? Yeah, that's a really great question. And I think it's something to kids. And then as those kids grow and then become parents, you know, obviously it relates to parenting as well and, and mm-hmm. how what they speak to kids. So I think there, there's a few things that come to my mind pretty quickly. So one is, you know, Jesus 
guides us in this kind of question because multiple times in the gospels, there's the question asked, you know, what's the greatest commandment? And there's like, mm. you know, hundreds and hundreds of commands in the old Testament, and, mm. you know, commands mm -hmm. in the new Testament. And he says, love God, that's first and love people. That's second. And it's not a throwaway second. Cause I mean, even Paul in Romans will talk about like the whole law is fulfilled in this love mm -hmm. your neighbor. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he just said, basically he's doing a theological uh, conclusion here that if you are loving your neighbor, then, you know, you are automatically baked into that. You will be loving God. And if mm. you're not loving God, you yes. won't be loving your neighbor. So it's, you know, it's a, it's a one, two punch that comes one right after the other. And of course, loving God is primary. So that's, I mean, I just can never go wrong. Um, if getting kids, getting out of the car, talking to them at the house, mm. like love people today, love God today. Um, Ask him to help you do that. So that's one thing. Another, uh, I would say, is one way that I've liked to think about like maturity. What does maturity, godly maturity look like? And the way I've come to say that for our family is godly maturity looks like moving toward people and problems mm. in love and wisdom. And every word there counts. So moving toward. So mm. a lot of times, maybe we don't move away from people or problems or hard things, but we just kind of stand there and let it simmer. And you know, maturity, I mean, Jesus came to us, right? He came, he left heaven, he came, mm -hmm. he moved toward us and our problems. Uh, we move toward, uh, we move toward people, because uh, that's, we don't just fix problems, we're here to move toward people and their needs. Uh, but not just as a friend, uh, we're also there to how can we serve, right? And so um, it's not like, uh, you know, if my kids come home and there's a basket of laundry there that needs to be folded, mm -hmm. I, I want them, I want me to move toward the basket of laundry as an expression of love. But it's, uh, it's, it's, we, we don't divorce the, the two targets of mm -hmm. people and problems. We move toward people and problems in love, uh, cause we can move toward people and problems in a way that's passive aggressive in a way that's, um, irritated, annoyed, you know, those kinds of things. And we need to do it with a heart of love and a demeanor of love, but also wisdom. Cause sometimes moving toward people and problems means we are particularly careful and we're wise, you know, maybe there's, that's actually a dangerous scenario. And so that will influence how we do it, or maybe how we don't do it. Maybe right. it's something we handle remotely or something else. So, or at a different time. So I feel like that's a, a way that our family has uh, an expression, uh, a sentence to, to guide and shape what we value as a family. Today, I want you to know about one of Champ Thornton's many books, this one is the really radical book for kids, More Truth, More Fun, a follow-up to his award-winning book, The Radical Book for Kids. The really radical book for kids continues the exciting dive into the roots of the Christian faith, which was started in The Radical Book for Kids. This book has short chapters on a variety of topics that will grab the interest of readers of all ages from eight to 80. Kids will learn about ancient kings, legendary battles, fierce snakes and dragons. They'll discover unusual food to make, secret codes to break, fun crafts to try, and strange planes to fly. You see what I did there? They'll also uncover exciting ways to read the Bible, factual reasons to believe the Bible, and stunning truths about God, along with incredible examples of radical men and women who have gone before them and trusted Jesus in challenging times. Let me encourage you to visit newgrowthpress.com and search for the really radical book for kids today. 
you're you have obviously a um an enormous wealth of wisdom and i'm gleaning from it now just in our conversation and so i mean that's why i love having these conversations because i'm uh i'm i'm benefiting from them and i love the way that you put that in terms of um being uh synced up with reality and, and so you know a lot of these resources um i i've put into use and they've helped me. I'm still very much growing as a parent with family worship or or devotional mm-hmm. time with our kids. Yep, and same. it's I've really been encouraged. Actually, I've really been encouraged by by maybe like some articles that I read. I think I read one by Tim Challies once, and it was about that kind of family devotional time mm. and how uh, what the reality of it is, how difficult it is. Yep. How it doesn't always. You know, I had this idea as a younger Christian dad that, okay, this time is going to be really just, it's going to be 40 minutes and I'm going to teach them the Bible (laughs) and they're going to sit with their hands folded in their laps or, and they're going to, to listen and, and answer the questions. And we're going to memorize the catechism and, and they're going to say, yes, sir. And then, you know, and then, that's a great plan. I, mean, I love that. Yeah, right? it's, never it's good. It's never Everything happened. you said is great. It's never, it never happens. happens. <laughs> it's so true. Yeah, but I've been really encouraged by those stories of that's not the way that it's going to go. There are going to be it's yeah. going to be loud. It might be a little chaotic, and that's okay. So, so I've had some of those help me. What's your? I wonder what your experience has been in the course yeah. of parenting. What resources did you find that? that helped you gain some, some comfort and vision in the difficulty of family worship or devotional time with kids? What were the things that really made those differences? And then, and then you built on them. Yeah, it's a great question. And I feel like it's for us, it's a work in progress. Like, Mm. so right now of this date, it's probably been a week since we've had family Bible time together, just to Mm, be honest. Uh, But, and then we'll have it for a few days and then it'll fall off. I mean, life is busy, but you know, did we talk about the Lord at dinner last night? Yeah, we did. Yeah. You know? And so, I mean, I I feel like there's a season for everything. Mm. So where I want to go with this is first of all, to Deuteronomy six, because we're all familiar with, you know, when you walk by the wayside Mm -hmm. and, you know, when you, you know, get into the minivan and, you know, talk to your kids, right? Whatever the text says. And, but it first begins with, you know, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one, and you shall mm-hmm. love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength, right? And right. you shall teach them diligently to your children, and then you shall talk about them while you walk by the way and when you, you know, go throughout right. the day. And what it's so instructive is it starts with me and God. It starts with the Lord. This is right. who he is, and mom and dad, you're to love him. So mm. the first, the best thing I can do for my kids is to walk with Jesus, Mm. is to love him and trust him. Uh, and here, let me tell you, I'm, this is going off off tra- track for a minute, but... It's fine. When, we, you know, we're always teaching our kids, right? We teach our kids in those moments when we're opening our mouths and talking about Jesus and the Bible. Um, we're teaching our kids when we respond to problems that come into our life. We're teaching our kids when they see the priorities in our life. They, we're teaching our kids on our best days when we respond mm-hmm. in faith and love and hope. And we teach our kids when we sin and we fail and we come and repent mm. because all of those showcase the gospel. Mm. So it's not like when I you know, lose my cool with my kids 
I've all of a sudden, like, that's it. I've just ruined everything. No, I, this is a teachable moment and they get to teach and learn. I get to teach and they get to mm-hmm. learn yeah. uh, what like humble repentance looks like. And so I, it, every moment is redeemed in that way. Mm. So then, so then what would be your advice for uh, maybe a dad or a mom that's wanting to get moving with um, family devotional time? Um, aim low, brothers and sisters. Mm. You know, it's like someone has said, it's like anything doing well is worth doing poorly. So yeah. like just dive in and have a goal, like a really high goal of like twice a week or three times a week. Yeah. And start there and say, we're doing it for five minutes. Yeah. And you yeah. might say, well, hey, our kids are really, really little. So let me tell you something that we, I read a blog post years ago that commended just reading through a psalm together slowly as a family. Mm. And so we tried this. Our our youngest, our twins, um, were two, one. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were little, right? And so, you know, here we are. I'm just going to bring you into the moment. All right, Rush. So okay. here we are. Take me there. And we were in Ohio then, so you're in Ohio. Not in so Ohio. We're right near you, uh-huh. and we're sitting in our living room. And I open my Bible, Psalm one, and I'm like, "All right, guys, Dad's going to read Psalm one, and then I'm going to read it slowly. I'm going to maybe say a few words about it, and then I'm going to read verse one again, and let's see if you can say verse one with me." And so I read all six verses. Mm-hmm. I talked about there are two different kinds of people, and there are two different kinds of outcomes, and we want to be a family that is anchored like a tree beside a river, yeah. getting all that nourishment. And then um, I'm like, all right, I'm going to read verse one again. Blessed is the man. And so we talk about that. And I'm like, all right, read it. Can you say it with me? Say blessed, blessed is, is the man. Blessed is the man. Who can say that right now with mm. me? Okay, I go ahead. And so so-and-so says, blessed is the man. I'm like, that is great. And does that mean girls too? Yep, sure does. Okay, let's try it again. Can everybody say it? And so we say it together. I'm like, oh, this has been really, really good. Can I pray for us? And we pray. That's it. Yeah. Right? And the next day or three days later, uh, <laughs> we do it again. And we maybe get to the second phrase or the second verse. I'll tell you what, Rush, shock of my life. Brother, within like, what, two weeks? Everybody in the family can say all of Psalm 1. It is amazing. It's, it, I, w- I was stunned. So then we moved on to Psalm 23 and then Psalm 100. And, and here's what happened. Now we're in the van and you can appreciate yeah. this. We're going to Meyer. That's a grocery store uh, in Ohio. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're going to Meyer, <laughs> and I'm like, hey guys, let's review our Bible time together. All right. Can someone remember how Psalm 1 starts? There's a little voice from the back. Mm-hmm. Blessed is the man. That, I'm like, that is so great. Okay. Who can do the next part? And so then we kind of rotate through. That is awesome. What do you think this verse means for you today? And so a little conversation. All right, we're here. Everybody get out, you know, hold hands through the parking lot, you know, that kind of thing, right? Yeah. So just, it's portable. We're, we're reimagining what does it mean to walk by the way? That's our version. That's our modernized version of yeah, walk by the right. way as you drive to Meyer and to make use of those times. And um, the, what your experience is sort of where where I've landed and the transparency and honesty that you're bringing to the to this conversation about family worship I think is is probably giving as it would have to me uh, as a younger parent it's bringing a sigh of relief to a lot of dads and moms who are listening to what you're saying and of course that's not to to say um it doesn't matter or it's not as important because it actually is very important, but it's going to come and go. It's going to go up and down. Yeah. It's it's a challenge. And it doesn't have to be this seminary class 
about difficult doctrines. It is the ordinary, everyday ministry of the word to our hearts Mm -hmm. in, in really simple ways. Tell me this. Tell me when you were starting family devotionals, was there a particular voice or resource, you know, it could be a pastor or a, a more mature, older Christian friend that that came alongside you. How did you first even begin to think I should be having this time? And here's maybe how it should go. You know, what what was your version of the article that that put you at ease, gave you the vision of okay, I can do this, and uh, it needs to start out small, and let's work from there. How did that come to you? You know, that is a great question, and I feel like it is lost to, you know, the the winds of history. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure. I'm sure there were people, but I'm what I am sure of is there were conversations about like, what are you doing in your family and how's this going? Yeah. And mm-hmm. then you kind of get a sense of like, oh, I mean, when the kids were younger, we did story Bibles, you know, and found that to be just really fruitful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's all sorts of like ages and levels of uh, story Bibles that you can that you can use because the attention spans are so short and it's fine, you know. Um, again, I would go back to if if mom and dad if you can't give someone else what you don't have yourself, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. if you read the book of Genesis and you just and or, and or you read a story about Genesis one in a story Bible, and you just think, oh, there we go. That was it. I mean, it's like, you know, it needs to impact you. Yeah. This is true for all of us, right? So if we're teaching a Sunday school lesson or preaching a sermon or we're leading our family, there's a world of difference between a message coming from us and a message coming through us. Mm. Maybe two more book questions. And these are easy. These are easy. Here's the first. If you had to write a book tomorrow, you have to, what book would you write? Uh, so I'm working on a book presently for okay. Crossway. That's my employer. Yeah. I work for Crossway yeah. uh, Publisher. And um, I'm writing a middle school biography of Erica Little. And I'm probably okay. 75% done with the chapters. And there's like still three or four chapters to go. It'll be like 112 pages, 120 pages, something like that. Yeah. And uh, so if I had to write tomorrow, which is not a bad idea because I need to get this done, uh-huh. uh, that would be uh, what I would do. Eric Little is at this point a missionary in China and he's torn between his calling and his loves between following uh, uh, the Lord in missionary endeavor there mm-hmm. in very war-torn China at that point, uh, or also love for his wife and young children. And so I'd want to get into that chapter and discuss how Eric navigated that tension. Mm, fascinating. And good to know that you're working on that. Looking, look, I'll look forward to seeing that when it's, when it's done. The second book question is a little different. Okay, are you ready for this question? All right, embracing myself. I can see that you have a bookshelf behind you. I do. If you go back to that bookshelf right now Mm -hmm. and you pick one book that you would be excited for me to read, it it doesn't mean that you think that I I maybe need it or something like that, but you would be excited Hmm. for me to read that book. What book would it be? Can you go get it? All right, let me think about this. Let okay. Now, yeah. what you can't see is there's more shelves over here. Yep. You can only I, it's invisible or no, invisible you can, on any, the screen any or book, any, of it. any book back there. As far as, my people, office. as far as people are listening, any book back there. All right, we'll now pause for a commercial break. Hang on. 
To interest your kids in fiction, check out Champ's book, The Serpent Slayer and the Scroll of Riddles. The Serpent Slayer and the Scroll of Riddles is a time travel adventure with a twist. Middle school students will discover theological themes as they travel through God's word, placing the characters into Bible events. And Champ Thornton and Andrew Nacelli, his co-author, show the Bible is far from being a boring book full of instructions. Readers will discover life-changing truths they'll never forget. So check out The Serpent Slayer and The Scroll of Riddles at newgrowthpress.com. And now back to this encouraging conversation with Champ Thornton. All right, I am back, and okay. I cheated. I came back with two, so uh, that's that's just me being a, a problem for you today. Yep. So I hear the first both. one, how could I not talk about this book, which uh, a lot of people have read? It's called Gentle and Lowly by mm. Dana Orland, mm -hmm. and it is a very easy-to-read 23 short chapters about the heart of Jesus. Mm. Uh, as Dane says in the in the beginning of the book, there's only one passage in scripture that talks about what Jesus' heart is like. And he says this about himself. He says, I am gentle mm. and lowly in heart. So when you get down to who Jesus really is, he is just overflowing with humble compassion for us. And the book just kind of unpacks that. And it's just a wonderful message that is, I know me, my personality, my mm. background, my heart, my tendencies, and I need to be reminded mm. of who Jesus is in this way. So I love that book. Um, and then the other one is by one of my favorite non-Christian authors, Robert Caro, uh -huh. working. So I'm a big fan of Caro. He's a, he writes history, biography more particularly, and he's, you know, written five huge books, won the Pulitzer Prize twice. Mm. And this short book is him talking about researching, interviewing, and writing. And it's fantastic. Mm. doesn't say everything you want to know about like, how do I write? But in terms yeah. of like kind of memoir and getting into his research and how he does okay. things and what he's learned, uh, it's just, it's Christmas. Oh, so, fascinating. Uh, I love it. Fascinating. Let's go back and, and talk more about what does it mean for this this generation of young mm. Christians to be synced with reality, as you put it earlier. I, I think about um, uh, many challenges in our world. That's true at all points in history. The challenges mm -hmm. may be a little bit different, but they are all present. And uh, life in a fallen world as people who are following the Lord is is challenging and uh, in, and enjoyable because of God's grace. But what do you what do you think it means for this current generation to be synced with reality in the coming days? Yeah. So first of all, like you just said, this is not easy. So I mean, because God made everything and He made it good, then that goodness remains. And yet, after the fall, everything is also broken. And so, sort of that goodness and brokenness is in everything. So mm. anything created. So. I'm a combination of good and broken. Mm. My church is a combination of good and broken. Mm. My children, my wife, this desk, this microphone that I'm talking into, like yeah. ev my friends, my version of friendship, like everything in this world is a combination of good and broken. Mm. It's kind of like a block of marble, right? Yeah. It's like white and dark, right? Together. Yep. And there's never, there's nothing in this world that's not marbled. Right. Right. So as soon as I think, well, you know what, this church isn't quite what I want. I'm going to leave this one, go to the next one. It's mm. like you, you're always jumping into marble, 
Right. You know, no matter what you jump into, you jump out of, you jump into, it's uh, it's just welcome to Marvel, right? Yeah. And so it makes it difficult to always know how to navigate because it is marbled together. Mm. Um, you know, does this movie honor Jesus? Uh, um, kind of, you know, it's yeah, like, yeah. well, it's, it's marbled. Sure. And so, I mean, there are, I mean, for me and our family, there are lines where we're like, okay, if it's this, then we're just not watching it. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's different for every sure. family, but having a family synced up with reality means that I'm working to try to identify what is good right. and what is broken. And then, you know, there are places where that brokenness outside us connects in unhealthy ways with the brokenness yeah. inside of us, mm. right? And so there's mm-hmm. those temp- those points of temptation, and we have to be wise about that. And so that may mean that we have different behaviors in application because we're trying to be wise and synced up with reality about ourselves mm-hmm. and the world around us. But this doesn't always mean like, you know, we're just trying to avoid, you know, excessive profanity and pornography. What Mm -hmm. we are talking about, though, is like there is a non-reality that the mall, you know, Mm. you go to the, you go shopping for the day. Every store is actually spinning non-reality. Yeah. You know, it's basically saying you dress this way and life will be a certain way. Right. You know, you do, you buy this thing and you will have this other thing, which is fiction. Right. Yeah. But it's not fiction on the order of, you know, it's not an unreality. It's not the brokenness that seems so overt. Yeah. Like the things that we find objectionable in a movie or in certain kinds of, you know, Mm -hmm. music and elements in that music. So there are things. So, so synced up with reality means that we have our radar up when our kids are watching Disney movies. Yeah. When they're in the mall, mm-hmm. right? It's like synced up with reality isn't just removing the darkest elements of life. It's being wise about things that are kind of like light gray. Right. And yeah. helping our children think this through. And so as parents, we just want to kind of go head on into this. Like, okay, what did you guys? That She said, follow your heart. What What do you guys think about that? Is that good advice? Okay. Well, why is it not good advice? Yeah. What if you did follow your heart? Tell me, like, what kinds of things are in your heart? Right. You know, and you just start kind of like helping your kids think through what's really real here. And uh, so I think parents, you know, just talk, 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 talk. Yeah, I love what you're saying. And I think you would agree and say, uh, I, I think what you're saying is that uh, this work of helping uh, this generation be synced with reality is not simply um, putting up the guardrails or blocking out what those messages are, but helping the the next generation or or helping young Christians today to think carefully about them, to give them tools that they are able to use to evaluate and mm. to become in sync with the world around them. Not not to, you know, escape it or put up blinders to these things, but to be able to recognize that they're there and know how to think through them or know how to believe through them or yeah, respond absolutely. to them. Yeah. And I think it is both and because we have yeah. to live in reality too. And sometimes saying, well, you know, we'll let that in our house is like, oh, that's actually, we should think about it and we should like not allow it either. Right. So right. Yeah, sometimes it is yeah. both and, and we just have to be wise about that. And I feel like that's all kind of responding to what's negative in this world, but you know, like positively living in reality is, you know, there is a, there is goodness in creation. 
Mm -hmm. And, you know, there are things, I mean, the first, like, so (laughs) when our family was, the kids were little and we're driving to someone else's house, you know, that, you know, that you always put your dad hat on and talk through like, Hey, don't touch things that are yours. Uh When people talk to you, look them in the eye, say, thank you after dinner, don't eat with your hands. I mean, you know, the the huge, and, you know, when you go to Genesis one, you know, we think about the commands in the book of Genesis to Adam and Eve, right? Right. And the command we think of is don't eat the fruit. Right. But that's not the first thing the Lord says to them. The first thing he says is like all these, the whole garden is yours to enjoy. Right. Yeah. And so I, that made me change the way I talk to my kids when we get out of the car. It's like, all right, Hey, have a great time. Please. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And so we want them to enjoy the good things that God has made as well. Mm, I need, I need more of, I need more of that. As you say it, I, I, I map that onto my, my typical practice going to drop them off or take them somewhere. And I see why well, I need to, I need, uh, I need more of that uh, perspective and I need to be, you know, I need to be in sync with reality. Uh, both the, uh, <laughs> you know, the good, uh, of God's uh, good gifts, as well as um, the challenges of living in a fallen world. So as we think about helping parents with that family devotional time, where we're gathering the kids together in the family room, we have some plan, we're setting the bar low, but then beyond that, we also want them to take ownership of the faith that they have as God is changing them. And a big part of that, as we know, is for them to begin taking some ownership in their own Bible reading, in their own devotional life, helping them form, you know, we typically call a quiet time. And so I wonder what kind of advice you can give to parents on, uh, like me, on how you, how we can help. I wonder what advice you could give to parents like me on how we can help our kids to move into that personal devotional time and space for themselves to build that that helpful routine of time with the Lord, of Bible intake, et cetera, you know? Yeah, I feel like I've got just some things that I think are important and I see them playing out in my family in positive ways, but I think every family is different. Every child mm-hmm. is different. And so I feel like obviously, you know, whatever wisdom would dictate in your own family, but like, I am a big fan of the, the virtue of routine mm-hmm. of habituation, mm-hmm. good habits. So if I've got a three-year-old, they can't even read, right. Mm-hmm. But I might say, Hey, uh, like our youngest is Jack. Hey, Jack, um, why don't you, have you spent time in the Bible today? And so mm-hmm. he pulls out his storybook Bible. He can't even read. He just looks at pictures. I said, why don't you look at some mm-hmm. of the pictures, think about what you're seeing and just take a moment and pray mm. to Jesus. Mm. Right. And yeah. so that takes him 47 seconds, mm-hmm. you know, maybe. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but I want our kids to do this kind of thing, even from a young age, so that they get in this routine of this is what we do. We spend time with the Lord. And then along the way, you know, you're, you are introducing the latest model to the kids. Yeah. And so it's like, Hey guys, let's sit down and talk about our family by our Bible time as a family. So when you're having your time with Jesus in the morning, you know, one of the most important things is just pouring your heart out to him. This is what Psalms yeah. say. It says, pour out your heart before him. Our God is a refuge for us. So t- tomorrow and, you know, going forward, when you have your Bible time, why don't you just pour out your heart to the Lord? 
And then, you know, maybe a few weeks later, I want to adjust it further and say, why don't you guys just plan on reading one verse a day from your Bible? Mm -hmm. Now that you're old enough to read, why don't you find one verse? And if you want me to help you with it, I can. And then pour out your heart to the Lord. And so, you know, they don't have to stay where they are. But like, I'm really happy if our kids are spending two minutes in the morning when they're in elementary school, but they're doing it regularly. And I'm trying to guide and shape and nurture it along the way. And so then when they get into junior high and middle school or high school, you know, it can change again. But this is just kind of part of who they are and part of what their day is like. Um, So I'm just a big fan, even from a young age, just trying to, uh, because kids are so influenceable, right? So I think there's this, I mean, this is, this is why kids are little and, and God gives us children because that are so, you know, kids are so shapeable, right? Right. God designed them that way. So, you know, your teenager may say, I don't want to go to church today, but your four-year-old, they may throw a tantrum, but a lot of times it's like, we're going. Right. I mean, why do they go to this church? Because we all go to the church. They don't have an out. Yeah. You know, they're not going to go to another church. They're going to go with us. This is what we do. Right. And so, you know, use that that opportunity, that window of significant influence you have in the lives of your children to basically make them do something, you know, like this is what we're going to do. I'll help you do it. And, you know, it's, you're not trying to do it against their will, but you're trying to shape their will and you can help them and guide them through that. Yeah. Okay. So, so transparent question time from me uh, and something that I need help with about this whole, this whole issue and practice of helping my kids have a personal devotional time. So where I'm finding myself now is I, I feel like I'm harping. I feel like I am with, uh, with, with teenagers. I feel like I'm harping on, did you read your Bible today? Hey, Hey man, you really need to read your Bible today. Hey, did you, did you read the devotional? You know, I got you the Paul trip devotional and I really want you to read that every morning. You need to, you know, get up, get breakfast and then, and take that time first. And here's how you do it. But then I, I feel like I'm harping a lot. I'm, I'm a lot, I'm doing a lot of, Hey, come on, come on. Don't you want to read the devotional? Come on. Did you read your Bible? Come on. And I wonder what, what advice, and this is completely transparent. I'm being completely mm-hmm. honest. Yeah. How, how, how can you help me think about that? Because I know I need to change something, but I, I honestly don't know mm-hmm. exactly what I can change about that. So obviously parents, we can't change our children's hearts, right? Yeah. Um, but we, I think when you see patterns in children's behavior, then, you know, it's, it's not business as normal, right? Yeah. So if I see a pattern, if I don't see a pattern, if I see an occasional thing, then I feel like reminders are completely appropriate, right? Yeah, like, yeah. oh, hey, did you do this? You do this? Yeah. Oh, thanks, dad. I forgot. Mm-hmm. No. Um, but if you see a pattern, maybe it's a pattern in attitude. Maybe it's a pattern in other kinds of behavior. Maybe it's a pattern of not having Bible time. Mm-hmm. Then I feel like I kind of want to pull the car over the road, metaphorically speaking, yeah. and like have a, a different approach. So that might mean I'm taking my child to, to breakfast. And then okay. while we're there, it's like, I really want to talk to you about something. I'm noticing this. Can you help me understand like... Is this something you're wanting to do, not mm-hmm. wanting to do? Where's your heart in this? Um, and I just try to be pretty, pretty direct and just explore, like, talk to me. What's going mm-hmm. on? Um, and then maybe I'll be so uh, blunt as to share and say, you know, you know, um, let's just say my son Jack again. So if this were the case with Jack, Jack, um, if I didn't have my time in the, with the Lord in the morning, I'm telling you, I mean, you may think I'm a, a pretty okay dad, you know, most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um 
I would be a wreck. I would be mm. a terrible dad and a terrible husband. I need Jesus. And I would just level with him and say, like, yeah. this is serious. Like you may not know how much you need this, but you need this so much. So can we tell you what, can we just be praying together for the next week? When we, I tuck you in at night, I'm just going to be praying with you that God would help you with this. Can you, can mm. you mind, can we do that? Mm -hmm. And let's just ask him to change your heart so that you want to have this time with him because he see. can do that. I can't change your heart. He can. Let's pray about that. I'll pray about that for you. I'll pray about that with you. And, you know, maybe start there and just see where the conversation goes. Good advice. That's what I needed. Really help. That's very helpful to me. Um, I'm going to try to put that into practice because I think that's, that's the kind of change that I need to think better through, you know, more in sync with reality, I suppose. Uh, <laughs> and that's, but that's, that's good advice. So thank you for that. Yeah, brother. I Champ, I've been really, I've been really blessed by just having this conversation. I've been helped. I think I know that uh, anybody who listens to this is going to be helped and uh, and encouraged like I've been and um and so that's that's exactly what I hoped we would have is uh, an encouraging conversation and you've been a big help to me today. Well, thanks Rush. It's encouraging to hear and it's just been fun talking with you and catching up. It's been too long and I look forward to chatting with you again. You've been listening to Straight to the Heart, a podcast from New Growth Press. You can learn more about Champ at his website, champthornton.com. Our next episode releases next week, and I look forward to seeing you there.